0: hey guys welcome back to the podcast digging deeper with mandy and erica i'm erica
1: and i'm Mandy. and what do you say after that if you're new to oh. our podcast okay we'll do it one more time okay <laughs> hey
0: guys welcome Hey guys welcome back to the podcast digging deeper with mandy and erica i'm erica and i'm mandy if you're new to the channel thank you for joining us this is a podcast about digging deeper into god's word learning it understanding it and sharing it with you
1: that's right erica so today we are doing something fun um we are talking about what you
0: call fun other people might not (laughs) think it's so fun (laughs)
1: this is true i'm just different this was totally your idea by the way was it Mm -hmm. how
0: because you brought this up you said women need to hear this subject
1: Mm, well it is true women do need to hear this subject so today we're talking about how to be a godly woman mostly a godly wife today and if you're not a wife, you can still watch this and still learn from it. Because if you are going to have a husband, you're going to need to know how to be a wife. So this is good for you, too. So don't tune out because this is really helpful for single people or um, not married people. <laughs> 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 all hands. Yeah, all women. Yes. All women.
0: Yes. Good and applicable. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it is. Because we all have
0: relationships of some sort. There's a lot to this subject. You said how to be a godly woman, mm-hmm. but we're going to particularly focus on something today, right? Yeah. Or how we speak to our husbands or about our husbands
1: mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah, because what we say matters. Oh, yeah, it does. Like a lot, a lot. Our words m- matter. Um, we can just, Proverbs eighteen twenty one: the tongue has the power of life and death. It's powerful. Yes. the Something that doesn't have bones is like the most powerful thing ever. Mm. Yeah. Which is insane. But it's true mm-hmm. because our words matter. So where you want to start? Well, you know, I just want to add
0: one more thing to why we're talking about this. Because, you know, if you or a woman or someone out there names the name of Jesus, so you call yourself a Christian, right? Mm -hmm. in public people know that you call yourself a christian they see you going to church you know you have the jesus fish sticker on your car when you claim that you're making a claim to godliness now you have put yourself in a position to hold yourself to a certain standard of conduct or behavior yes and like it or not the world's watching you you'll never escape that reality but unbelievers are constantly watching the believers. Yes. They want to know if you are really who you say you are. Yes. Even if they don't, you know, even if they don't like Christianity or anything like that, they're still going to watch you.
1: Well, they they know the bare minimum about the Bible, the non-Christians. So they're holding us towards it, to that. Mm-hmm. So whenever we sin or do the lust lust of the flesh they're watching and they're gonna call us on that and then they're gonna be like I thought you was a Christian you know we all do sin and fall short to the glory of God that's a given but we have to we're supposed to be holy because God is holy, and if we are truly Christians, then we will live our lives like this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and- you represent Jesus yes. to the unbelievers.
1: Yes. So if you're talking bad about your husband or disrespecting your husband in front of people, that's giving Jesus a bad name because Jesus wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. He
0: doesn't want that. I loved it. So okay, you had we had a ladies' fellowship night at the church for the. Our church had a ladies fellowship night and you gave this message to us. And I love that analogy that you gave, you know, what it, what it is like to an unbeliever when we're talking badly about our husbands. Um,
1: So if we're talking bad about our husbands, we may as well have a cigarette in one hand and a beer bottle in the other and just cussing like a sailor. Because as crazy as that sounds to us as believers, that's as crazy as us talking down or de- belittling our husbands or talking bad about our husbands in front of an unbeliever or even the church itself. It's still bad. It's not, it's bad to God. Mm-hmm. That's His Son. That's a
0: sign of disrespect. Yes, and you know, as Christian women, one thing we should be doing is respecting our husbands. You know, you might not feel like you love him all the time. You're <laughs> right. definitely not going to have a perfect marriage or you're never going to be upset with him or, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's just not... Yeah. But part of respecting him is no matter what you're going through in your marriage, you watch how you speak about him and you watch how you speak to him.
1: Yes. Yeah. Be- it, it can be a little bit easier to disrespect him to his face at home and... and the comfort of your own home and the privacy privacy that's the better word privacy of your own home because you can just let it fly and nobody's there Nobody to hear knows. it yeah but guess what god's there and he hears everything that you're saying he knows what's in your mind yeah and this is where we got to take every thought captive too mm-hmm.
0: and it affects your husband's perception of you yeah it does mm. okay so how should we <laughs> speak to or about our husbands, what are you starting
1: with? Um, do we want to start with scripture?
0: Yes, that's always a great place to start with scripture. <laughs> well, that's kind of a no-brainer. Of all the many scriptures we can start with, I guess I'm going to just dive right into Ephesians 5.31, and we're giving the context here of, uh, we're talking about submission and how that works in the context of a marriage between a husband and a wife. I'm just going to pick it up and start reading in 31, okay? Okay. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Now it's a little, it might not stand out to you as much since we just kind of dove in here and we didn't read all of what was going on, but the idea was that You have Christ and His Church, and the the marriage, a husband and his and his wife, is the symbol of Christ and the Church. That's what that's what Paul was explaining here in Ephesians Mm -hmm. is that there's a reason that he's ordered marriage the way he has, with the man being in the uh, headship role and the wife being in the submissive role underneath of his leadership and authority in the marriage, because it all points to Christ and his church how he's the head of them Mm -hmm. and they come under and submit to him so in this very last verse where it says the woman should respect her husband well today we're you know one of the ways that we can respect our husband is how we speak to him how we speak about him this is analogous to the church in christ right yes if it would would it wouldn't it seem ridiculous if us the church talked bad about jesus That would be ridiculous. That would just be bewildering. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So how crazy would it be now that we have wives talking bad about their husbands? It's the same thing. It is.
1: If you think about it, because the Bible clearly states that marriage is like Jesus in the church. That's the symbolic of it. Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. So yeah when we when we even if the church would say something bad about jesus when we talk bad about our husbands we're ultimately talking bad about jesus because it's the same thing yep so no matter how you look at it you're talking (laughs) bad about jesus yeah is that what you want to do I don't want to do that. And listen, I grew up. I'd not had one person in my whole life talk good about their husbands. They all put them back down like they were bad and the worst man ever. Till this younger girl that was 10 years younger than me started talking good about her husband and I'm like, "What in the world's going on here? I've never heard anything like that before." and then it like got me thinking what am i saying about my husband
0: i have to agree with you a hundred percent there when i was growing up you know we just grew up in this society where happy wife happy life right know, and it was a joke to me now when i hear people say that, i just cringe and i just i will not laugh ever with that i won't even break a smile on my face <laughs> because that liter- people literally believe that when they we do. are gro- growing up that the wife in a marriage had to be on this pedestal. We had to appease the women, make sure they were happy all the time and they got their ways and their wants and made sure they were really the ones who wore the pants in the family.
1: But why? Why did the husbands have to sacrifice everything? Not even having a full-time job and taking care of his house. Having to do that for his wife? Come on. It. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you could
0: trace this back through the generations to the on the start of radical feminism and you know women's liberation and all that Mm -hmm. but you know when you just follow along like people start growing up in environments you know that was when we were growing up that's what it was like well what's it going to be like in the generation that's coming up now
1: well there's not going to be any men
0: (laughs) and don't we see that yes we see the reversal of roles we see feminine men and masculine women yeah and and Our society's treating it like that's normal. That should not only be tolerated, that should be normal and accepted without question. So, yeah. Well, we're not going to stand for that here on Digging Deeper. No.
1: We're going to have some righteous anger here. Righteous anger. We got some words for this today. Listen. All right. Um, We need to (laughs) move on or I'm going to just go off about all that stuff.
0: On the flip side, though, let's bring it to the positive.
1: Yes, please.
0: Women are unique. Hmm. Women are the, I always say this, women are the pinnacle of creation because they are. <laughs> they, were the, they were the finale of God's creation, the last one to be formed, the only one not made from dust because she was unique and she has a specific role to fulfill. And when we get back to God's original design, it is the most beautiful thing we can witness. A truly beautiful, feminine woman in living her life in biblical womanhood. So that's what we're trying to show women today. We're not really trying to attack Mm -mm. society, but we're just trying to put the truth out there to silence the lies and open women's eyes so that they can see that this is really beautiful on you and you'll become beautiful to the people in your life and especially your husband.
1: Yes. Okay, let's start with how we talk about our husbands out in public. Whenever I mean out in public, I mean... In a setting of a group of people, you know, you know how it is when women get together, they start bashing their husbands and, you know, they say things like, can you believe what my husband did today? He, I don't know, he fixed the toilet, it took him 17 hours, (laughs) and he used a hanger. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how my dad would have done it. Oh, hmm yes yes i i i not fell victim to this but i've done it before Mm -hmm. because my family did things a certain way and it Mm -hmm. had to be done a certain way and if it wasn't done in that certain way it wasn't right and they're still like that it's a generational curse that i have to break and like my husband never did anything right you know what i mean he did And then I'm like, you. that's not how you do it. And he's like, well, did it get done? I'm like, yeah, the wrong way, though. <laughs> I know but, what you're saying. But it did get done. Yeah. I, not my way, but it got done. Mm-hmm. So that's all we have to worry about. It got done. He did it for me. I didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And he, he did it willingly. Mm-hmm.
0: I know what you're saying. I was the same exact way because I had an excellent father. I love my dad. He was he was he was just a really good dad. <laughs> Which is kind of like difficult because when you get married and you have a husband, you're constantly comparing your yeah. husband to your dad. And that was something I had to learn to get through mm-hmm. and just remind myself that they are different. And my dad does have flaws. <laughs> and so you know, you got to learn to put your husband first and um, respect him. He is not your father. He's not your smart brother. You know, we got to stop comparing our husbands to the men in our lives that we do respect.
1: Yeah, how can we respect them but not our husbands? But not our
0: husbands. Yeah,
1: it's it's the opposite.
0: We should be respecting our husbands first yes, and foremost. Yes.
1: Yeah, but I know what
0: you mean. We have a tendency to just complain about our husbands when we're with the girls. Even when we're th- the friends and our husband is right there. Sometimes we just kind of like poke fun at him or make fun of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's easy because somebody will start something and say, can you believe what my husband did? He did this, this, and this. And then you try to one-up them and say, listen what my husband did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, it's really, really, really easy to get caught up in that. Yes. Definitely. But be the, be the, what do I want to call it? Be the different one. Speak good about your husband. So, instead of saying, listen what my husband did. He did it like this. Say, listen what my husband did. He did this for me. You know, praise him that he did that, that for That would be you. so
0: wild. If I
1: don't... I to get
0: in a group of people and hear a woman, like, build up her husband and just be amazed by something he did. I can't, When's the last time you ever heard that? O- honestly. I don't know. I can't even think of a time, honestly. No. That's how crazy our culture is.
1: Yes. Yes. A thousand percent. Do you have anything to add to I that? I have a ton to add okay. to that. Okay. Go ahead. So anytime I want to get
0: an idea of what a godly woman looks like, I go right to Proverbs 31. For those of you who might not understand or be familiar with, Proverbs 31 is the last proverb in the whole book of of Proverbs. And starting in verse 10 of Proverbs 31, you find this um, depiction of, it's called an excellent wife. Some people call this the Proverbs 31 woman. I call her the godly woman. There's all kinds of different names for her. She's not a real woman. She's just the personification of the perfect, godly, wise woman. Um, so she's just like that ideal that we should strive to be like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anytime I want to get an idea of what a godly woman looks like, I just kind of read her account. And it's just so good all the time, every time. <laughs> right. I never get sick of it. But in verse 11 and 12, it says this. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. The heart of her husband trusts in her just think about that language his heart trusts in her like he is so secure in her and i wrote down that trust has developed over time and over time she he has learned to trust her because she has proven herself to be trustworthy hmm. so the immediate implication here if you dig into this a little deeper is financial um, it's the idea that if he were to go on a long trip, he could leave his wallet with her, and he would trust her. Hmm. He would; she would not take all of his money and spend it. That's the immediate uh, implication with this text. But it's you can apply it to different areas of your life, especially in what we're talking about how his how she guards his reputation. Hmm. So how she guards his estate, his character, he can trust her with all of that because she's proven herself to be trustworthy. So he can go anywhere. He could be with her. He could be apart from her. And he knows that he does not have to worry about her slandering him, damaging his character, betraying his confidence, undermining his leadership, mocking him or making fun of him, challenging him or criticizing him. Or if he's with her, he knows that he doesn't have to worry about her cutting him off and answering all these questions for him because she can't stand the attention not to be on herself mm. he knows his name is safe with her just as safe as if he has had left his wallet with her he trusts her because she has proven herself to be trustworthy with his reputation his
1: character and his name that's just complete opposite of what we see in the world right now mm-hmm. it's really mind-blowing what a beautiful thing to aspire to be. Yes,
0: like if I, I want to be like that.
1: It's yeah. like one
0: of my goals in life <laughs> to be. Well, it should be all of ours. I know, right? <laughs> but <laughs> like, I want my husband to look at me and know, and just have confidence, and know that his heart trusts in me.
1: Well, <clears throat> that's like where love flourishes mm-hmm. when you trust each other one hundred percent because you are trustworthy mm-hmm. and you are godly mm-hmm. okay so the
0: second verse i read was she does him good and not evil all the days of her life it says her life not his so even if she were to outlive him so mm-hmm. ball, you know yeah <laughs> even if he's not around anymore she does him good and not evil all the days of her life one of the ways that she does him good is by her discretion And I looked up that word discretion, and it means the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or revealing private information. She's discreet. She's wise with her words. She doesn't freely just give out all this information to get a laugh or anything. She's cautious about what she says, and she says it in a way that uplifts and builds up the character, the reputation of her husband proverbs eleven twenty two says as a ring of gold and a swine's snout, so is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. It's a, a woman who does not have control of what she says and she just blurts anything out that is a woman without discretion, and the Bible says she's like a gold ring in the snout of a pig. she just looks beautiful, but she's worthless, right. And then Proverbs 12, 4 says, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness in his bones. <laughs> so by her conduct, by her con- conduct, by her discretion, she could literally be the crown on his head. You know, the, the thing that exalts him and makes him look better and important and of value. Or she could shame him and be like rottenness in his bone and... That word rottenness literally could be compared to the word cancer today. Hmm. She could totally eat away at him and destroy him into nothingness in the sight of people.
1: Well, you can see that, though, in different marriages. From the outside looking in, how women treat their husbands and then how beaten and wore down that they are. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's really sad. Mm Mm-hmm because for one it's unbiblical for two they're also putting jesus down and for three no man should ever have to live through that Hmm. and i'll be the first to admit that it's super hard for me to uplift my husband to his face yes i don't know why i could tell my kids all day long how much i love them how good they were i'm proud of them you know all of that but my husband for some reason it's just it's super hard and i think it's because it's the most crucial Hmm. you know what i mean yeah so like i have a really hard